You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let me ask you guys about another defenseman on the blue line and how you feel they've played in the last dozen games or so, 15 games, and that's Matt Grizzlick. Um Eight points, eight points in 27 games this year. Two points in his last 12. Two assists in his last 12. Now I'm not, I'm not watching Matt Grizzlick thinking that he needs to be a point per game guy, or even a half of a point per game guy necessarily. And, um, but I do think that I've, I've noticed he hasn't been. Uh, I don't want to say himself, but I've definitely seen him. I've seen him at another level. And let's not forget, he also had offseason surgery too. Right, so we talk about Charlie McAvoy trying to get back into rhythm, and and Brad Marchand. We kind of forget that Matt is getting back there too because he came back a few weeks earlier than they did, and um, but he also was without a full training camp. And so, I guess you know I mentioned the two points in his last twelve games, but more so, more than that, it just seems like uh, he's not he's not himself transitioning the puck he's not i mean yeah there, there there are times where he he's making the right plays and he's and he, he's shaking off four checkers and whatnot but it just kind of seems like uh he might be second guessing himself a little bit uh, in his own zone and and uh, instead of trusting his instincts I'm, I'm wondering if you guys have picked up on that and if it's just a matter of him working out of um you know uh missed time in the off season and kind of jumping right into the fire this year like mcavoy has and, and like martian is are trying to do yeah i'm sure i'm sure that's part of it um, it's a, like, I actually think he's been pretty strong defensively for the most part. I, Trent, like there was one shift a couple games ago. I forget exactly which game where he kind of got pushed around a little bit and had a tough shift. But for the most part, I think he's been really good in his own end to, to what you're talking about. Like he hasn't been involved as involved offensively or really leading transitions as you would expect, especially under this system. But I still think he's been pretty solid. And I, I think he's, especially when he's played with McAvoy, he's been willing to accept, accept kind of more of a complimentary role. But it hasn't looked, it hasn't quite the same as it has in the past. Like in the past, it would be almost even in terms of which one of them would get a chance to take the puck and carry it up ice or get down low in the offensive zone. Whereas now, it seems like more deferring to McAvoy where, okay, he'll get to do that. And Grizzly will almost be the one to just stay back, which I don't think like fully maximizes what that pairing can be because Mm -hmm. I think it works better when, when they are both dangerous that way. Um, And like I said, like, I don't know if there's a, a conscious effort to like be more deferential towards McAvoy or, if to your point, that's because maybe Grizzly just isn't feeling confident enough to 
to play the way that we've seen him play in the past. But um, just one thing that I noticed, because I was looking this up for Carlo, and, um, you know, Carlo leads the Bruins defenseman in, like, most shot suppression categories. Um, Corsi against, shots against, expected goals against, like, really solid defense. The one category where he's second is goals against per 60 minutes when he's been on the ice. The only Bruins defenseman who's been on the ice for fewer goals is Matt Grizzlick. Matt Grizzlick, in fact, has the lowest goals against per 60 on the team, 0.84. It's kind of funny. Like, it almost feels like there's been somewhat of, like, a role reversal for some of these players this year where, like, Grizzlick has had that, like – and I – can't agree with you more scott that i have not noticed like nearly any mis like defensive breakdowns mistakes um bad turnovers in his own end but i also can't recall very many dangerous scoring opportunities or you know the transitions that we've seen him from him in the past um and even when he was back and mcavoy wasn't back yet he felt i felt like he was getting more um of those opportunities just because of the fact that um, you know, they they didn't have a full healthy decor, so he was able to pitch in a little bit more in different areas, like on the power play. But he has been so solid defensively, which you would have thought going into the season, like okay, you wouldn't probably have expected so much offense from Clifton, and you wouldn't have expected that we'd be talking about Grizzlick, um, you know, being so solid on defense rather than helping out um on the offense the way that he had been in the past and it's interesting as well just based on his size um and his skill set that you know he's smaller faster more equipped for that offensive style game but he's been really solid in his own end which is true which is true i just want to i bring it up because it's just a you don't want you don't want to forget what it is that that he brings to the table for this team. They want to, they want to be a faster team. They want to start from their back end and, 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 and skate downhill. And he's a big part of that. And, you know, so it, it's just a matter of like, uh, again, similar with Martian and McAvoy, I'm not, I'm not concerned about it. Uh, it's just food for thought here. And as, as Scott said, the dog days of, of December. Um, but I do. It's, I, it, sorry. I was going to say, if you, I want to stick with a defense. If you had, one last thought on Grizzly. Did you? Uh, no, no. If I did, I forget what it was. Now. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, I was, was going to say, like, um, before we transition off defense, I had this question, like, for, for you guys. I just want to hear what your answer would be. Do you think that over the past, you know, week, two weeks, or what have you, that – just even over the season as a whole that Hampus Lindholm at times, I really feel like he is the Bruins best defenseman. Um, I know McAvoy is obviously, you know, the guy that, that you look to, but it kind of just a reminder in today's game, like Lindholm gets moved onto the top power play unit, McAvoy onto the second unit. I think Lindholm does a really good job quarterbacking the power play. And and he did that well today. Um, And, I do feel like he's just a steady presence back there. And I know his offensive numbers were much, you know, he was at going at a higher pace um, offensively points wise to start the season. But I just feel like he's such a solid defender that at times I'm like, okay, that's the Bruins top defender. 
Yeah, I would say certainly on the season, or even if you, you know, take out the time that McAvoy missed. Yeah, I would say Lindholm's having the better season so far. Um, and yes, it looks like they're number one at times, but I think that's really just a product of Lindholm's been fully healthy and up to speed all year. And like we said, McAvoy, you know, is still still coming back. Like McAvoy put up a bunch of points right away, and it, you're like, okay, he's back, awesome. But you know, some of that was like a little bit misleading. Um, obviously, it was going to take some time. I think you're you've seen that more over the last few weeks, where it's like, okay, you know, he's maybe still not doing things at quite the high level that he was last year or the year before. Um, I think he will, as we've already said, like, I'm not concerned about it. I would expect by the end of the season, McAvoy probably looks like the number one ahead of Lindholm, but Lindholm is obviously having a great season. And yeah, the, the offense has slowed down a little bit, but we knew it was going to, he's not, I think his career high in points coming into this year was 34 or it was like somewhere in the mid thirties. So it was like, okay, he, he was on like an eighty point pace early in the season. He, he <laughs> was never right. gonna, he was never gonna keep that up. But, um, and that move, but, like you look back on it and you're like, okay, what they gave up for him was absolutely like do that deal and you know don't hesitate to do that deal. Yeah, I think I think when talking about you know which one is their their top defenseman or or whatever, I, I think. I think when they're both playing at the top of their game, I think an element that McAvoy brings that Lindholm doesn't necessarily bring that allows McAvoy to be that truly, truly elite number one guy is is the physical element, um, the ability to to change the game on, a, on in one hit, um, and just just the ability to get to get dirty on, on a shift to shift basis. Not that Lindholm can't here and there, but it's just it's more of a natural part to Charlie's game than it is uh, Lindholm's. But when you when you look at their their ability to you know join join the rush um, you know in transition and just move around the offensive zone with and without the puck um, they both they both have similar attributes there um, but I would say I would say when he's on his game the physical element is what separates McAvoy probably from Lindholm as as that guy but yeah I mean it, there's no doubt that Lindholm is hit the ground running this year and McAvoy is still trying to get back up to speed, but um, it's a great problem to have. And as far as, as far as the power play goes, we kind of talked about that uh, last episode where McAvoy just is, he's second guessing himself a bit, not, not patrolling the, the top, uh, the top of the umbrella with that first unit as good as he has in the past. And so, you know, Montgomery said it, it's just a matter of shifting things around for give everybody a new look. It wasn't necessarily a demotion for him or a promotion for Lindholm. I mean, you have pretty two, pretty two solid um, power play units. So, yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see when when um, when McAvoy. I'm still waiting for that first big open ice hit on the season for him, where it's like that's 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 the McAvoy we know. But um, until then, thank God Hampus is here because it, it is it is good that coming back from injury that McAvoy has Lindholm to 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 carry the weight with him. If it was just him back there he'd be worn out by the end of the season. So um, it's good that they have that one, two punch. It's the depth, like the, the depth of the team this year has just been solid. And, um, and cap questions have 
you know, were there from the beginning of the year. They're still here, but they've been able to maneuver the cap and not lose depth really. Um, obviously they, they moved to Nika, but they haven't, they haven't needed another center so far. Um, luckily, like when Krejci went out, Zaka moved over, he's already in your lineup. So some versatility and, and depth has been one of the biggest strengths of the Bruins this year. And one of the reasons why they, you know, end up winning by four in this game against Florida and, and not falling apart was because of the depth. And, and coach said, um, you know, the reason why they were able to stay in it was they were rolling four lines. Like they had, they, they have four lines that can go and bring it. And um, there's not like a huge drop off. So the depth, in a lot of ways you see it help you see it on the blue line you see it where like somebody steps up and that's why you know there's not a huge letdown in a game or or it's why they can make mistakes and still get points and win games yeah and they've been able to especially on defense like you can roll different guys in different places for different stretches like we saw early in the season obviously you know, we, we talked about it. It, was, it looked like Clifton had passed Carlo on the depth chart. And now we've seen some games recently where Carlo plays more minutes. And it's like, it's not a knock on Clifton at all. It's, you know, credit to Carlo. And it's just a credit to the depth. Like, depending on the situation or the matchup or who's, you know, playing better that night, like, you can just rely on either one of them. Um, you know, we've seen them try different pairings. They even tried... You know, Montgomery even gave Forbert McAvoy a shot last week, and I, I didn't think they were like bad at all. Yeah, I thought it, they were in a much better place than when they played together last year. Um, yeah, so you know, to your point, like you don't have to rely on on any one person or two people up front. We've seen games where the third line leads the way offensively, so just kind of a lot less pressure on on everyone when you're getting contributions all over.